the Koi Gig part on Off The Ball. That's that Tara will go from strength to strength because like I've said it before, for me she's the most exciting prospect to come out of this country in a, a, a very long time. Subscribe to the Koi Gig part on the Off The Ball app now. Off The Ball Breakfast with Optimum Nutrition. The official performance nutrition partners of the Gaelic Players Association and Leinster Rugby. Sarah Donovan, good morning to you. Hi guys, how are you? All good. How are things? I'm actually very busy at the minute, lads. I'm <laughs> flat out with the team's training three nights a week. Yeah, how, how many My team, husband doesn't see me anymore. <laughs> how, how involved are you with teams? How many teams are you involved with? I, I have two teams this year. So I moved right. home last year and got a couple of calls and you can't say no. So uh, I have a senior camogie team, my old club, and I have an under 16 camogie team with my sister. She's the manager. I'm her coach. Wow. Nice. How does that dynamic work? She's 10 years younger than me. She's the calm one. So <laughs> yeah, she does all the WhatsApps. That's the key. I don't have to do any admin. Yeah. Is that hard? Because I know obviously with, with parents and stuff like that, I know we're going to get into the finals of the, the camogie, but not being allowed in the WhatsApp and there's quite a lot of that that goes on. I know I see it with my my adult team that a lot of the girls can't be in it, even though a lot of them could be finishing school and things like that. They're, they're old enough, but there's all these safety things in place and rightly so. Can that be difficult from a manager point of view? I actually think it, it takes the risk away. So every conversation you have with a player who's under 18 is through their parents and then there's no ambiguity. So that's something that is probably a reason why I take on the role as opposed to avoid the role, you know. One of the reasons why I wanted to get you on uh, today, Sarah, was just to chat through the fact that the Camogie Association has this week launched a series of recommendations which are to tackle a couple of different things. One of the main things that it wants to tackle is a lack of meaningful playing time players. So just to go go through some of this, because I suspect some people won't have seen this. So the findings include that one in 10 adult players report being a substitute that is infrequently used. Almost half of teenage girls say playing camogie, um, they they play camogie, say, although they enjoy competing, they're playing more for enjoyment. So they're not really playing for the the competitive aspect of it entirely. Uh, 37% of clubs state that complaints by players over lack of playing time for their children was one of the most um, frequent issues that were brought to their attention over the course of the last year. That was up until 2021. And then 52% of under-14 females reported playing up to under-16. And 72% of under-16 females reported playing up to under-18. So those are pretty stark statistics. So over half of under-14s played up to under-16 and 72% of under-16s played up to under-18. That's kind of the first thing I just want to touch on here, Sarah. It's not overly surprising. And I presume for anybody who's played at a very high level in camogie or women's football, playing up to a certain age has just been an unbelievably frequent part of their underage existence. Of course. Look, if you go back as far as, say, 2001, 2002, you'll remember Cora Staunton playing with Mayo at 13. You'll remember Claire Grogan playing with Tip at 15. These players were winning senior All-Irelands with their respective clubs. In the, at, at that time and nobody batted an eyelid in rural clubs you've got kind of 12, 13, 14 players at a level and then you have to bring up under 14s under 15s to play under 16 because you just don't have the bodies at that age level to get you know fill teams fill 15 players so it, it's a tough one like I never I said never cared that I was playing up I really enjoyed it but I suppose the different levels of physicality that changes how, how games are played. And some girls can be intimidated. They don't want to play up, you know, and, and then it puts them off and then they'll 
choose something else, something that's less physical, less aggressive. And that's how you lose players. So, so they're going to bring change or try to bring change as a result of some of these findings. And one of the amendments that's going to go to Congress is an amendment to a rule that prohibits, which would prohibit underage players playing on adult inter-county teams and to prohibit under-16 players playing on under-18 inter-county teams to allow fairer playing time and reduce the risk of burnout. The fairer playing time is an interesting one there because they're suggesting that maybe a less talented 17-year-old should be playing for the under-18 team rather than the gifted 15- or 16-year-olds. I can understand why this is the case, but I presume for very ambitious young players, this could also be a little bit detrimental too. It's about finding that balance. And I suppose that comes from the clubs and it comes from the county boards in terms of the ethos. If it's equal and everybody's impacted, those 15-year-olds across the country won't be playing at minor and it'll just be the under 17s and it'll become accepted and it'll become the norm. We have training sessions where you are separating out the girls to give them more time on the ball because there are some girls who are better and they will dominate the play. That's not fair for, for the girls who are, I suppose, less experienced, need more game time and you have to try and adapt. And I think it's important when the girls are playing up to minor that it's about getting the players as much meaningful game time as they can at, at the expense of winning. And that's what it comes down to, you think, at that age group, that it, it's it's not about the winning. Yeah, guys, I, I genuinely, I suppose the longer I'm in the game, I'm, what, 20, 25 years uh, playing kind of at, at inter-county level and at club level. You know, I'm nearly 35 years involved with different clubs and it's about player retention. And those brief wins, those counties that we won 20 years ago, they don't mean anything in the long run when you want to know that the girls who played the game but you then enjoyed it as much as you did. And sometimes they didn't. And that's that's the truth. I loved winning, but maybe my teammates didn't enjoy sitting on the bench. Are you talking about club or inter-county here? Both. Both. So there were, Both. There were players winning All-Irelands and not, not enjoying it? Absolutely. They're sitting on the bench. I know that Ashling Thompson said about this year's All-Ireland, it doesn't mean the same as the others because when she came in, she didn't have to make a meaningful imp- impact. Cork had already won that game. You know, as a substitute, you have a different experience of winning every game. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a hard one, isn't it? Um, do you have the A and B team? Does that work? Is it? I know you maybe don't have enough players to field both teams. I know it can come down to that as well in in club teams as well. Um, but yeah, how do you get that balance between giving girls meaningful game time and? being successful because there is that group that do do want to go on and achieve and win and that kicks them on to have a long career maybe, you know. How do you get that balance there as well? Yeah, well, I, I think that the Camogie Association, while, while they're trying, evidently trying, and this new research is really important, last September we played a championship in 20 days. The girls have been training since January. The championship was hoisted on them uh, start to September when everyone was going back to school. It was played on a Tuesday evening at half six. And in the space of 20 days, the championship was over for that group of players. And they were probably looking back on that season going, what, what, what did I commit to? Why did I start in January for, for this championship to be rushed off? This is the pinnacle championship in Cork. This is the Senior Camogie Championship. Uh, and, you know, some of them have probably gone, I can't commit to that again this season. You know, so there has to be other reasons to enjoy the game beyond winning. 
And it's about that structure. And I think the GA mothers and others is so successful because the women really missed that support network that they had when they were 15, 16, 17. Now they're mothers, they're in their 30s, 40s, they're going back to the club. They're just playing for the enjoyment of it and the community and the support network that they have. And that's why it's so successful. So I think that while winning is important, it's not as important as the community that you can create from having an enjoyable team and support and everybody in in it, you know, getting something from it, not just the first 15. So that's certainly one of the recommendations that they're going to try and use to change, which is the playing up issue that exists in Komogi. One of the other things that stuck out to us was they want to investigate the potential for more lower level competitions in league format for third level institutes. Like, it's always interesting to me when the, the third level institutes are, are brought up here because um, from my very uh, ignorant perspective, it feels like the third level institutes do have facilities that the clubs may not have uh, or may not be willing to share. And as a result of that, third level institutes is a great place to be trying to expand Camogie, women's football, to be trying to expand opportunities for players who just want to play for fun in a way that doesn't actually exist in the club game. And I I don't want to say I'm saying that about every club all across the country, but I just sometimes get that sense that maybe growth on this level could happen in these third level institutes in a way it couldn't happen in club. I actually agree in that instance because if you look at it, the fall off is between kind of 16 and 20 for Camogie players. They'll they'll be with you until they start their exams, until they go to college. So if you can link them back in during college with their, I suppose, uh, college teams, they're making new friends. All of a sudden, the girls from Cork know the girls from Tip, who know the girls from Clare, and they have expanded their community. And it's enjoyable and it's a Thursday night and it's a link point from Monday to Thursday when they're away from their families, they have another family. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but if you know that you're going down to the pitch on a, on a Wednesday night and there's 20 people looking forward to seeing you, it, it makes your week a week shorter, you know, when, when this college experience can be quite isolating. So certainly third level competition for, I suppose, for fun, for sociability would be something that would be welcomed by Camogie players who, who've just joined college. There'd be such a drop off in college, I would feel like I'm just trying to think back, like if you're not a really good player playing at a quite a high level, don't really think about it is is sort of the sense I would have got because I'm like, oh, here, you're not going to make that, you know, so oh, what's the point? And then you might fall off, I'd often think in club and stuff like that because you get wrapped up in college and the whole thing. So I'd say there's a massive drop off rate when you get to, to college level, I would think. Uh- Absolutely. But, you know, if if it becomes part of your week and it's something that's not stressful and that it is enjoyable and it's like going to a spin class, you know, uh, that's something that you put into your week as, as, a, as a female uh, person who enjoys sport. Why not let it be Komogi? I know we had uh, three or four mums return to us on Monday night and uh, literally said that point, God, this is so different to doing a spin class on a Monday night. It's just that connection back into the community. And those girls are 10 years older than, than the players that they're playing with. But it doesn't matter. Helmets are on, Hurley's, Hurley's in hand. Nobody notices the difference. Uh, Sarah, you did want to chat a little bit about the hurling this weekend. I know you're off to Cork versus Kilkenny at Super Value, Parky Creeve. Uh, like, uh, first of all, I mean, this is obviously a very exciting picture. <laughs> Your face, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite catch that. What's with the, what, what's with the queasiness around Super Value, Parky Creeve? Are you still, still a bit hurt by the, the potential removal of, of the Creeve name? I'm 
just disappointed that it's got to this point. You know, the, there's the I, I appreciate there's a debt, <laughs> monstrous debt that has to be paid off. But I didn't think our local shopping centre was going to be, you know, rallied to uh, support the, the, the payment of the debt. Uh, what I would hope, though, for is that uh, Frank and Honest Coffee might make an appearance in Super Valley Park Cueve because the coffee is quite poor <laughs> there. And uh, if that's the only advantage that we're going to get, I'm 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 in to this point. Uh, the weekend's games, Saturday night's games, Cork and Kilkenny. To be honest, after last night and the Fitzgibbon and both Cork teams getting knocked out of the Fitzgibbon, um, I'm a little nervous of what's to come for Cork. Uh, I was disappointed with last Sunday's performance against Clare. And after, I suppose, two pretty heavy beatings taken, um, UL beat UCC, uh, Galway beat MTU, uh, it doesn't bode well for Cork um, in terms of the next three months, if I'm being genuinely honest. As in, you'd be worried about them getting to the knockout stages of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship? Are you you're worried about them or are you, are, are you worried just contained to the league for the time being? No, no, it's, 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 it's the championship is, and the league are, are, are so close together mm-hmm. now that I think that any dip um, can carry through from, from the league into the championship and it's really hard to gain confidence from that. There were simple things that Cork weren't able to do against Clare. Um, sideline cuts, taking a sideline cut and losing possession to Clare three or four times in the second half. You know, there was a period in the second half where Cork just couldn't get their hands on the ball. Clare looked incredibly comfortable and last night when... UL and UCC played. UCC, you know, went at UL for 40 minutes and then died off. And you had players there, Ger Mellerick, Rob Downey, Cormac O'Brien, Shane Barrett, Brian Hayes. All these guys are looking for places on this Cork setup. And the players who stood up, Adam English, Limerick, Mark Rogers, Claire, uh, Garold O'Connor, Tip, they railroaded uh, UCC in the last 20 minutes. And that's where it ended up. And, and I suppose looking ahead, if these players are getting the impetus in these games in two months' time, it's very easy for for players to build momentum and mm. have that over the, the court players. Well, it's, it's very interesting you say this because I, I was wondering how much we read into the defeat against Clare the other day because we have this conversation in football all the time. How much does it really matter? How much does it, does it not matter? And you could definitely make the case that the hurling league matters less within context than the football league. However... If you look back at, say, some of the best teams, like the best teams have made use of the Hurling League in the past, like uh, Limerick, for example, have won three of the last five titles. Kilkenny picked off five titles between 2002 and 2009. There is a correlation between the good teams when it comes to the league and it comes to the championship, even though there seems to be this theme and this tone, I should say, around the league right now that it just doesn't matter at all. So it's not just you. I've seen Mark Landers as well uh, coming out this week saying that the, the performance against Clare at the weekend would give him cause for concern. It's not nothing, even though it is just one game. Well, it's about the players building confidence themselves. And in that game against Clare, I don't think there was that many players that could have said that they had a had a great game and that they would be happy with their game. There was aspects of every player's game that was just that was disappointing. Kieran Joyce looked very well going forward, but organisationally as a centre back, I thought he left uh, Patrick Collins open. Um, I don't think Cork had a good uh, structure defensively. Um, as I said, that second half period where they couldn't get their hands on the ball, I think they went kind of seventeen, eighteen minutes without a score. That's frustrating for everybody watching. So I don't think Cork know their best 15. And I know Don Cusack said on the Sunday game about Cork having to have every player back, the likes of Mark Coleman, Alan Connolly, um, the likes of Tim O'Mahony. That's fine. But when are they going to get a chance to play the 
the championship and league window is so short and the intercounty window is so short, unless they find form in the next four weeks, they will struggle when the championship opens. Just before you, you go, Sarah, something I did want to ask you about, even on the Camogie findings, it's great that we're seeing this. It's great that we get this information. We need to keep girls playing. But I couldn't help but feel a bit of a frustration when I saw it too, to say we have this dual issue that maybe girls are, are stepping away from playing because of this. And we've these findings coming out to try and keep girls playing. And I just thought there's this massive issue right in front of us. I don't know. Is that something that you felt? From the point of view of the, I suppose, the Dublin clubs and now the clubs that I'm with in Cork, there was always, um, I suppose, a, an issue with with the dual players and, and them being pulled from pillar to post. And this time around, I suppose, with, with the clubs that I'm involved with, we're playing less camogie, we're playing less football, we're probably playing more sport, but individually, I suppose, the, the teams aren't getting the same game time you know, because it's it's split. So does that bring down the quality of, of both games because the players aren't training as much? And will that be the impact of this dual issue continuing, continuing? Because, you know, I if I'm going to be good at Camogie, I need to play three nights a week. But if I want to play football, half my time is going to be playing football. I can't be on the pitch six nights a week. Mm-hmm. It, that's And you don't want to specialise too early because you shouldn't have to specialise too early. So it's a really, really hard one to to solve at the minute. Um, but I'm just glad that you're playing sport and and I'm playing sport and that we're, you know, playing sport for sport. That's the first thing that I'd that I'd be happy with. Sarah Donovan, great stuff this morning. Thanks, Millie, for hopping on. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Sarah. Off the ball, breakfast with Optimum Nutrition. There's more of you in you. Unlock it with the world's number one sports nutrition brand.